John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. And now may it speak to our hearts and our lives, especially this morning, especially in this back-to-school season. Lord, we pray that you will open our hearts to you so that you may guide us through this year and let your word guide us through our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we, it is the back-to-school season. We're starting this back-to-church series. Today, we're talking about back-to-life. Next week, week, it's going to kind of be back to the drawing board, kind of some basics and that kind of thing of discipleship. The next week's going to be back to uh, worship and talking about the power of corporate worship together. And then the next week is going to be back to the battle because I know that life is not peachy and sometimes it is like a battle. And so we want to be ready for the battle uh, when those things like disappointment or whenever uh, things come against our lives. And so we're going to be talking about that. So we've got an exciting time these next four weeks uh, or counting the day next four weeks and um, looking at that. But you know, I, I, as I was thinking about for, for some, this uh, is a, a, a school year. Maybe for some, it's a new school. Maybe for others, it's a new, uh, you're going from, from elementary to or starting elementary school. For some, your kids are, are maybe or some of you in here may be starting middle school, and middle school is scary for me. I mean, I mean, just thinking about it. But anyway, and, and uh, for for some, they're they're you know some are high school and and or going to college, or, or maybe you're going back to school uh, after time of working or, or career. Maybe there's changes in careers, but all of these things um, can can sometimes get us down. Can can sort of make us have an anxiety about it. Make us have a fear about it and all of those things. And then add that, add those anxieties and fears with how this world today and our society is sort of infused with death. I mean, especially the past couple of years. Uh, I mean, you know, it's been the newscast every night for every day for a long time was this many cases and this many deaths from COVID. And, and, and we've been just, it's been just infused with these kind of things. Uh, we, we also know that, um, that, you know, death is, I mean, you know, it's in movies. It's in, uh, I, I mean, one of the number one shows was The Walking Dead. And, and if you're a zombie fan, it's a pretty good show. But anyway, I mean, you know, it's just all of these things, opioid deaths and from fentanyl are over the top. And then you put a war in Ukraine and we start getting numbers of deaths there. It just seems like society is infused with everything that pulls life away. And so I want to bring a message this morning that just encourages you because the gospel is not about death. The gospel is about life. Now, we know that death will come, and, and that's the reality of life. But listen to what Jesus says in, in John 10, 10. Now, he, this is just after he says that I'm the good shepherd. And we just talked about the good shepherd in that song, I Shall Not Want. And he says, I'm the good shepherd. And then he gets to John 10, 10, and he says, Well, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, I heard a preacher say a long time ago, the devil's not into trying to get you to worship him or anything like that. The enemy doesn't want, all the enemy wants is you out of the way. 
He wants you out of the way. He don't care who you worship or who you don't worship or that. He just wants you out of the way. And that's why he says the thief comes not to accept to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, but I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And let me tell you something. The enemy has been busy in this world. He has been busy through dissension and fear and, and taking joy away and, take, uh, and filling us with anxiety and all those other parts and death and fear and pain and loss we've all experienced. But Jesus came to give us back life. He came to bring us back to that life, not just life in general, but abundant life where it's life of freedom, life of peacefulness, and life of balance. And I don't know of anybody here that doesn't want some balance in life. Amen? And so I want to talk to you about that kind of life for a few minutes this morning. What does the Jesus kind of abundant life bring us? Number one, the Jesus kind of abundant life in the midst of fear, it brings us courage. In the midst of fear, it brings us courage. Fear is one of the leading causes of anxiety, dissension, and emotional paralysis. What I mean, fear will stand you still. Fear will keep you from going forward. Fear will keep you from doing what God calls you to do. It, a fear, a fear will keep us from, from uh, speaking or, or fear will keep us from love sometimes. Fear does all of these different things in our life. It stops us in our tracks. It controls us and keeps us from being our authentic selves. And many times fear throws us into one or two modes. It either throws us into fight or flight. Amen? And let me tell you something. We can take that just a little bit. But that we're, we were not meant to live in that mode all the time. And in this world today, so many of us, sometimes if we don't watch out, we find ourselves in that kind of mode because of fear. And, 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 and Jesus never intended for life to be like that for us. In fact, he, this abundant life that he gives, it started way back in the Old Testament. God started telling them, my presence is going with you. You don't have to fear. Look at what Deuteronomy verse, uh, chapter 31, verse 6 says. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Folks, his presence goes with you. His presence goes with us. And if his presence is with us, we don't have to fear. Over and over, we see that in the Bible. In fact, we've said it before that actually the words fear not, uh, the phrase fear not or do not fear is actually used 365 times in the Bible. That means he's got a fear not for every day of the year for you and me. Amen? And so we need to know that we don't have to fear. I love what 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't know about y'all. That sounds like abundant life. Amen? How many of us? I, I, hey, I'd love to have, uh, wouldn't you love to have a life of power, love, and a sound mind like all the time? Amen? And God says that I'm going to go with you. And that can be the normal thing instead of the extraordinary thing. That can be what is natural for us if we live in that abundant life. Number two is this. The Jesus kind of abundant life says this. In the midst of death, it brings resurrection. Look, with all the death and sickness around us, we need 
the message of resurrection. We need to know that death does not have the last word. We need to know that it's not over when we think that it's over. And, and we know that because of the resurrection, resurrection life, that war doesn't have the last word. That COVID doesn't have the last word. And the resurrection of Jesus. Now, here's the thing. There's bishops out there. There's preachers out there sometimes now. They just think the resurrection's a metaphor. I'm here to tell you. Jesus didn't die on the cross and rise again for us to think the resurrection is just a metaphor. It's real, amen? And, and, and it, really, it really is the hope that we have. Look at what Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I, 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 that story in the Bible, you know... You, where Jesus' friends, Lazarus and Mary and Martha, and his friend Lazarus, their brother, Mary and Martha's brother, dies. And Jesus is like out of town. And by the time he gets back, he is four days late. In fact, the, state, uh, the King James Bible says that when they talk to Jesus and they're like, if you had only been here, my brother would be alive. And, and, and then one of them even says, listen, his body stinks. In other words, and, and the King James says, he stinketh. All right? I thought about, I'm going to write a book called When Life Stinketh. Because guess what? It does sometimes. Amen? If you're doing the one-year Bible, we're in Job, and you can see that sometimes life stinketh pretty bad. But anyway, it, it's four days late, and life's really stinking right then, especially for Mary and Martha and the friends of Lazarus. In fact, Jesus cries at that time, that, that shortest verse in the Bible, you know. And we used to have Bible, the kids share a Bible verse, and there was always a couple of smart alecks that would say, Jesus wept, you know, because that was easy. And anyway, but, uh, but, the, uh, but, uh, but, but anyway, Jesus says these words to her. I love the words in John 11, verse 25. Jesus said to her, but I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Let me tell you something. There's things in our life right now where anxiety and fear and death and all of these seem like they're on top. But I want you to know when the resurrection comes to town, they have no power within us. Amen? Amen. Amen. And last is this, in the midst of despair, the Jesus kind of abundant life brings us hope. It brings us hope. I know that life is not peachy for everybody. I know that this season just of life itself is a hard season and, and can be a scary season, no doubt. I know there are some that have been dealing with the way that the enemy has been trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Destroying their joy, destroying their peace, all of those things. But I love what Kyle Winkler said. He said this, that abundant life is a life of advantage. It's a life that's superior position. Now, advantage does not mean privilege. I just want to make sure. But it's a life of advantage that is a superior position over the enemy. All right? Not over each other, but over the enemy. In other words, 
It is a superior position over the enemy's influences, over the enemy's shame that he brings to our life, over his lies, life that lies that say that we're not enough, lies that say that we are not good enough, lies that say that we have some type of problem, and lies that say because we made a mistake that we are a mistake. Let me tell you something. Abundant life is superior to any lie that the enemy can bring against us. Amen? Psalm 43, verse 5. I love the Psalms because David gets honest. He's honest with God, and then he's honest with ourselves. That's two things. Man, if we can get honest with God and then honest with ourselves, we would be on the right track. Look at what he says here. He talks to his own soul, okay? Talks to his own soul. So if you talk to yourself, it's okay. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, all right? All right? I sing in the shower, and I preach in the shower sometimes. I don't know why I'm talking about the shower. But anyway, the, uh, you do not want that vision. But anyway, Psalm 43, 5 says... Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. He tells his own soul. He says, why are you, why are you in despair? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Folks, in whatever despair we find ourselves in, he can give us hope. He gave Peter, who had denied Jesus. Y'all remember Andy singing about that? He gave Peter, who had denied Jesus and was in despair after his denial, he gave him hope on the seashore that day when Jesus said, come and dine, come and have breakfast, and he restored him. He gave the woman who had been bent over for 18 years and bound by a disease, and Jesus heals her. And then the Pharisees are all mad. You know, they're all like, oh, you did it on the Sabbath. We can't believe you broke the rules like that. And then what does Jesus say in Luke 13, 16? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? What better day than to be set free? Folks, what better day than to be set free than here right now this morning? Amen? amen. And, and when we're, amen, and when we're in despair, he brings us hope. This morning I pray that we will simply open our hearts and receive that abundant life that he gives us. Just open our hearts to him, to his life, and to all that he has for us. There was, there was a TikTok the other day that uh, I, I saw, and, and I know TikTok can be good and bad and all that stuff. But anyway, this one was good, and, and it was a guy, he had a tattoo on his shin here, big, four big letters right there on his shin. And the four big letters were these letters right here. It's uh, Y-H-W-H. Now, what that is, they may just look like four letters to you, but in the original Hebrew, in the Old Testament, those four letters right there were the name of God. They were the name of God. In fact, when you see uh, in your Old Testament, when you're reading and you see the word Lord written in all capitals, that is using the Hebrew word Yahweh. And, um, and now later, we, we decided to put some uh, E between uh, the Y and the H, and I think an A between the W and the H, because we like vowels, okay? I, I mean, we just do English language, love that, and, and, or, or later. And then, actually, the Germans ended up uh, using uh, the Y sound for J, and, and you end up with Jehovah. That's the same word. That's where Jehovah comes from, is right here. 
But this is the purest form of the verb, I mean, of the word Yahweh, the name of God. And this guy on TikTok, he brought out the fact that when you get to the purest form of this word, you can actually almost say it just by inhaling and exhaling. A baby's first cry is simply, it's breathing. We breathe the name of God. Listen, when we sigh, we're, we're sighing the name of God. And now some people are really good at sighing, all right? Now, you know what I'm talking about, really good at sighing. And, and other people are good at reading sighing. I'll tell you, I, I can barely sign, Tina. Like, what are you sighing about? You know what I'm saying? And all of that. But, but, but I want you to think about it. Even when we sigh, it's the name of God. And folks, that is the name that gives us life. Because here's the thing. Do you know for thousands, several thousands of years, the Hebrew people were not able to say that name. It was too holy. You couldn't say that name. That's why Matthew calls it kingdom of heaven instead of kingdom of God. Because he's writing to a Jewish audience. And they couldn't say that name. But you know what? Here's what happened. Jesus came. And he tore, whenever he died on the cross, he tore the veil of the temple. And no longer was there this barrier of holiness standing between us and a holy God. Jesus paved the way for us to have full access to the forgiveness of God. And especially full access to call on the name of the God. On the name of God. And so right now, I just want you to close your eyes. And I just want you to breathe the name of God. Just breathe for just a minute. Breathe in, Yah, and outweigh, Yahweh. Yahweh. And when anxiety comes, when fear comes, when hurt comes, when despair comes, just start breathing his name. Just start breathing his name. And know that he is with us. And that he brings that abundant life. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, as we just close our eyes and we just breathe your name. Lord, I pray that this breath prayer will be something that reminds us of the life you give. And will bring us to all that you want to do in our lives. Lord, this morning, this morning, Lord, if there is folks that need hope in the midst of despair that need resurrection in the midst of ways that death or grief has come about them. Or, Lord, if there is folks that, that need courage in the midst of fear, Lord, I pray right now that we will just breathe your name and that we will take in and open our heart to your abundant life this day. In Jesus' name, amen.